Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so honored to share the word of the Lord with you this morning. I have prayed that it will be of an encouragement to you. Now, this is not a typical Mother's Day message, but it is about clothing. So actually, more specifically, it's about the armor from God. So we're going to take a look at this covering, at this weaponry that God has provided for us, that he has clothed us in in Christ in order to help us to stand against deception and darkness. It's so very important for us to understand what we are covered in in Christ, our identity in him, in order for us to be able to stand against the deceptive tactics of the enemy. The enemy desires to manipulate the truth of the word of God and our value in Christ. And so in Ephesians 6, Paul talks about this covering that the Lord has provided for us. So this is going to be the main passage that we look into today. But I'm going to be throwing out a lot of scripture at you today just to lead us to the place that I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to encourage you in this morning. So let's just jump right into Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. The word of the Lord says, Finally, grow powerful in your union with the Lord, in union with his mighty strength. Use all of the armor and the weaponry that God provides so that you will be able to stand against the deceptive tactics of the adversary. For we are not struggling against flesh and blood, but against against rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers governing this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So take up every piece of war equipment that the Lord provides, so that when the evil day comes, you will be able to resist. And when the battle is won, you will still be standing. Therefore, stand. Have the belt of truth about your waist. Put on righteousness as a breastpiece and wear on your feet the readiness that comes from the good news of Shalom. Always carry the shield of trust with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation along with the sword given by the Spirit that is the word of God and pray at all times, with all types of prayers and requests in the Spirit, vigilantly and persistently for the people of God. Amen. Now, nearly every image, every message, or any Bible study that you will find on the shelf relates this armor, relates this covering that we have in Christ provided for us by God. It relates it to the armor of a Roman soldier. But this morning, I want to present to you a completely different imagery of your armor, of your covering in Christ. The interpretation and the imagery and how we relate our armor is so important because if we misinterpret this, we can misapply it and not fulfill the purpose and the ministry that we are called to in Jesus Christ. Roman soldier armor was designed for fleshly battle. And Paul clearly states that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly realm. See, we've been summoned out of darkness by the light of his truth into the courts of his glory, into a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2.9 says that you are a royal priesthood. 
God's chosen people for his own possession. And we are called to bring praise to him who called us out of darkness into his light. So instead of looking at our covering, instead of looking at our weaponry in relation to fleshly armor like the Roman soldier armor, we are going to look at it through scripture as mirrored in the priestly garments. For as sons and daughters of God, you have been called priests unto God. So, from the fall of man, back in Genesis 3, when the enemy deceived Adam and Eve, and he caused them to disobey the Lord, sin came into the world. And we see there that Adam tried to cover his nakedness, he tried to cover his shame by himself with fig leaves that he wove together. And God made it clear that we cannot cover our own sin and our own shame. We need him to cover us. And so God himself clothed Adam. He covered him in the skin of an animal that had been stripped, showing us and teaching us that there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And so this covering that God placed upon Adam, the Hebrew word for that is ketanet. And that is the word that we draw our word tunic from. Okay, so as we move forward into Exodus, where God called Moses to call his people out of slavery in Egypt, out of bondage into the promised land, we see there in the wilderness that God provided a pattern of worship to him through the tabernacle. And according to Hebrews 8.1, this tabernacle was a type and a shadow of the true tabernacle in heaven. So in the earthly tabernacle, Aaron served as high priest. He was a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ. And so Aaron's sons and the tribe of Levi, they served as priests unto God. They were set apart for service to him. They served as mediators, intercessors, representing man to God and God to man. And so in Hebrews 9.11, we see that Jesus Christ is our high priest. He entered into the tabernacle in heaven um, once and for all, not by the blood of goats and bulls, but by means of his own blood, obtaining our redemption. His blood was applied to the mercy seat for our atonement, final and complete. See, he's our high priest. He's our intercessor. He is our mediator of the new covenant. Hallelujah. And for one time, he brought to goal for all time those who are being set apart and made holy. So we see in Exodus 28, when God designed the priestly garments, that he made them and he gave this design to Moses. He gave this design to Moses for those who are being set apart for service unto him. And so let's look at these pieces in relation to our armor. Because these pieces, they, they consisted of a woven tunic, an ephod, a robe, a breast piece, a headpiece, and a sash. So we're going to look at them in relation to our covering through Christ. Because every piece of it represents Jesus Christ with whom we have been clothed. Hallelujah. So the foundational pieces were the linen breeches. And they covered their nakedness. Then there was the white linen tunic. It was a seamless tunic that went from their neck to their feet and covered them. Now when Jesus went to the cross, he was wearing such a tunic, a white linen tunic. 
And there they stripped him of it. And he nailed our sin and our shame to the cross. Hallelujah. He did not, they did not rip his tunic. For he holds his priesthood unchangeably and lives forevermore. So this tunic of righteousness, we have been clothed in it, in his righteousness. So you may have never looked at a white linen tunic as the garment of a warrior before, but it is indeed heavenly warrior attire. A couple of examples of that are can be found in Daniel 10, when Daniel was pressing in prayer. And an angel came to him and he told Daniel, I've been caught up and held up in battle against the prince of Persia. And when I return, I have to fight again. He was wearing a white linen tunic and a gold sash. In Revelation 19, when Jesus returns, the armies of heaven following him, wearing white linen tunics, his name upon their forehead. So see, we might feel mighty against the enemy if we relate this armor and this covering that Paul was referring to, if we relate it to Roman soldier armor. But it is not heavenly warrior attire. His righteousness is our defense. Isaiah 59 says that God put on righteousness as a breastpiece. He put on the helmet of salvation on his head. This Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He is our headpiece. And so we put him upon our head because the word says, Let this same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. We put him upon us. Second Chronicles 6.14, it says, Let your priest be clothed in salvation, in garments of salvation. So see, we are covered In Him, we are covered in salvation, and we cover our mind with the truth of His Word so that we can think like a priestly intercessor, just as He is. So, Paul says also that we must have the belt of truth wrapped around us. Just as the sash was wrapped about the priest, we are to be bound in truth. We, it holds everything together. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he stood up from the Passover meal, the very Passover lamb himself. He stood up and he tied a towel around his waist. Isaiah 11.5 says that faithfulness is the belt around his waist. And so Jesus, listen, we have the belt of Yeshua wrapped around us, his sash, in order to serve him for service unto God. And so Jesus represented this so beautifully. He demonstrated this to us when he knelt down and began to wash the feet of his disciples. And so Paul says we have to have readied feet to carry the gospel. So Jesus was readying their feet. The priests did not wear shoes in the outer court. They walked through the blood of the sacrifice. And then they would wash their hands and their feet in the laver before they went into the Holy of Holies. Just as we walk, live, move, and have our being through the blood of the Lamb. And then in Leviticus 8, when Moses publicly ordained the priest, he first washed them with water. And then he placed the priestly garments upon them. So we see Jesus readying the disciples' feet. Their feet were washed with the living water, the living word. And they were prepared and ready to 
carry the good news of gospel to the world. And we are in the same position. We must be washed with the water of His Word. We must be washed in the Word so that we can carry the good news of the gospel to the world. Now Paul says that we need to have, take up our breast, take up our shield of faith. Take up our shield of faith. But the Bible says that God Himself is a sun and a shield. Psalm 115 says that those who fear him and those who trust him, he is their help and their shield. See, our faith, our trust in him, it takes up his power and his protection over our lives. Listen, as believers, we are covered in the armor of Elohim. It is the armor of light because of our covenant with him. And we see this in 1 Samuel 18 when Jonathan came into covenant with David. And there, because he came into covenant with David because he loved him as he loved himself. And so Jonathan took off the robe upon his back and he placed it upon David. His armor too, his sword, his bow, his belt. Hallelujah. He, he put all of that upon David because of his covenant with him. So see, in our covenant with the Lord... Through Jesus Christ, there's been an exchange of garments. We've taken off our cloak of shame, our filthy rags, and we've placed them on Jesus. And there, Jesus nailed our sin and our shame to the cross. And he placed upon us his tunic of righteousness. Hallelujah. So, you say to me, Why, if I have been clothed in the armor of light, if he has placed his tunic of righteousness upon me, does Paul tell us in Ephesians to take it up, to put it on? So if we look at this scripture in context of Ephesians 6, we will see that the whole theme of Ephesians 6 is obedience. It begins out and starts out as children obey your parents. Slaves, your masters. And then when we get to verse 10, that's where he says, finally, grow strong in your union with the Lord. This is through our obedience and our trust in the word of God. So Exodus 19.5 says, Obey my word, keep my commands, and you will be a kingdom of priests. Romans 13.12 says, If we lay aside deeds of darkness, we put on the armor of light. And 1 John 1, 5 says, This is the message that we heard from him, and we declare it to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness. So if we claim to have this covenant with him, if we claim that this exchange has happened through Jesus Christ, but we walk in darkness, then we do not live out the truth. His light dispels darkness. And you were once in darkness, but now you have the light of the Lord. So live as people of the light. Okay, so this is the purpose of me presenting this imagery of our armor, of our covering as priestly garments. Because it leads us into the pattern of worship of the tabernacle that the Lord set out for us. And so I want to lead us there so that we follow this pattern in our heart. We no longer follow it on the earth because Christ fulfilled all of that. But it does lead us into the path. It takes us 
in the pattern to his presence, to his glory. There is a process for us to follow into the presence of God so that we can live as people of light. So when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we're saved by grace. We are justified by faith. And justification should be followed in our life by the process of sanctification. And Paul lays this out in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. And I want to read that to you. For it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us with faces unveiled, all of us with faces unveiled, see as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And we are being transformed into his very image from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. See, Paul is saying that this ministry of beholding the glory of God is where the process of sanctification takes place in our life. This is where we gaze upon the Lord, we behold his glory, and we walk in his truth because his word is a light unto our path. And we begin to transform more and more into his likeness. We behold him and then we begin to reflect his light into the darkness. So the problem is, is that far too many believers, they cut this process short in their life. They don't follow the pattern into his presence. So if we look at the tabernacle, it gives us an understanding of the path to his glory. Because as we enter into the gate, we understand that we are justified by faith. But if we remain there and we never move forward into the ministry of beholding his glory, then we we cut the process of sanctification off in our life. We do not transform into his likeness. Paul says that we have to die to our flesh daily. But if we never lay the wood of our humanity upon the altar, we never make our way into the courts of intercession. And if we never wash in the word, then we never make our way into the place of the holiest place with the mercy seat where we behold his glory. And so that's the reason that I'm laying out this pattern just for you to get an idea of what takes place in our hearts. Because... If we, if we just remain satisfied at being justified and we don't allow this process of sanctification to take place in our life, then we remain carnally minded. Our minds will not be renewed by the word of God. They will still think fleshly and carnal, carnally and not in line with the word of God. We will be saved, yes. Justified, yes. We'll be grateful for the cross. And even praise God for saving us from our sin. But we won't be transformed into his likeness. And so I see this pattern being cut short. I see this process being aborted in the lives of too many believers. Because we're called to a fellowship in him. An intimate place in him. And we stay back. We hang back. Then we we really deny ourselves that privilege. Pastor said that last week. We deny ourselves the privilege of his presence. So, that's why there can be so much carnality in believers. And that is why in the house of God, there is normally no lack of praise to God. 
But a lot of times there's a lack of true worship and of intercession. And it's simply because we have to follow this process in our life to go from glory to glory, to be transformed. And if we don't, then we're still going to walk, talk, and smell the same as our old man. There's not going to be any transformation taking place in our life because the outer court was a natural, carnal, smelly place. And we were never called to remain there. Justified by our sin, we're called to daily die to ourselves and to follow him into the courts of intercession, into the place of the mercy seat where we behold his glory. We have access because the Spirit of God now tabernacles in us. But we cannot fellowship with darkness and dispel it at the same time. It doesn't work that way. So my purpose today is really just to encourage you, to encourage us all, to take up all of the weaponry that the Lord has provided. And so the way that we take it up is with truth and with intercession. Paul says that. He says, as you take up the word as your sword, as you take up the word as the sword, pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray at all times with all types of prayers, persistently and vigilantly for the people of God. See, one of the duties of the priest was to keep the coals lit on the altar of incense. And Revelation 5.8 says that the bowls of incense in heaven are the prayers of the saints. Our worship and our prayer rises to the Lord as a sweet-smelling fragrance. Hallelujah. And there in front of the altar of incense was the veil. And this veil was ripped from top to bottom when Jesus died on the cross, giving us access to the mercy seat, giving us access to the presence of God so that we can behold His glory and we can begin to reflect His light into the darkness. And so this takes place in our hearts. And so we behold his glory through truth and intercession. This is where we fight right. This is where we fight our battles. This is where we rightly delegate his name in the spirit so that we see it manifested in the natural. This is the place where the desires of the world lose their grip on us. This is the place where addictions fall away and where hatred falls away and where unforgiveness falls away and where our desires begin to change for that which is righteous. We begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness in this place and no longer for the things that destroy us. This is a place of freedom. Adonai is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And this is the place that he is calling us to as believers. Paul said for all of us, not just some believers are called to this process of sanctification. We're never to be satisfied just in that place of justification because if we are, we never transform. And God has more for us. So we must enter in to his presence. Behold his glory so that we can transform and be more like him. And so that we can stand. This is the place where we acquire strength to endure. So that we can stand against deception. We can stand against darkness. Listen, not in our own strength. Because the word says that our weapons are not carnal. But they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds that the enemy tries to set up in our mind. He tries to fortify them in our mind with deception. And in this place of beholding the glory of the Lord and the light of his presence, the truth 
combats the lies and our mind is renewed and we begin to transform where we can walk and talk and think more like Him. Walk and talk in truth. And His light dispels the darkness around us. This is a place of victory for you. And so you've been covered in the armor of God. You have been covered in His light and it dispels darkness. So I pray today that you've been encouraged in your identity in Christ, in your clothing in Him, that you've been covered, that you've been delegated authority, that this armor of light has been placed on you, and that you no longer try to trade back and put on a cloak of shame because it's been forgiven, it's been washed away, and it is time for the people of God to walk in their rightful position and to enter into the privilege of His presence. So that we can be transformed and become more and more like Him. He is our defense. He is our armor. And He is our all in all. Hallelujah. So I pray that you will fight a good fight of faith. That you will take up and put on all of the weaponry that God has provided for you. Because you are more than a conqueror in Christ. And I pray that you've been encouraged in that today, that you'll be established in him. And so when the battle is won, you will be found standing. Therefore, stand, stand in him in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the grace of the Lord would abound over you today, that you would be blessed in him. And next week, we're so excited, next Sunday, May 17th, we get to meet again in the house of the Lord together, and I'm so looking forward to that. And I'm so looking forward to just fellowship with other believers and being in the house of God. But listen, you have access at all times, right where you are right now, on your couch, in your truck, in your tractor, no matter where you are, you have access to the mercy seat, access to the presence of God. You do not have to be in the house of God in order to have access to Him. So I just pray Don't cut that pattern short in your life. Don't deny yourself access to His presence. Put on the armor. Take it up. Move forward into the ministry beholding His glory. And go from transforming from glory to glory as His light reflects and dispels all the darkness about you. Thank you so much for joining me. May the Lord bless you and keep you until next Sunday when we meet together. Amen.